Is this plan all right with you? Yes, of course it is. Then I'll start getting the ship ready immediately, ma'am. Good. Gentlemen. Oh, and Atherin? Yes, ma'am? It seems those reinforcements the Earth forces are expecting are from the Orb military. <sighs> I know it's hard to imagine, but right now that nation is one of them. Orb is an enemy? They can't be! But all Zaft forces in this region have been given the order to stop the Earth forces from invading the Black Sea. There's no way to avoid it. A battle's inevitable at this point. <sighs> right now, they're a part of the Earth forces. Is that clear? You all right with this? Yes, ma'am. Hello and welcome to It's a Gundam, the internet's best episode-by-episode -episode Gundam Seed podcast that still has to watch Destiny. My name is Jeremy. I am Tyler. I thought I got out of this with the whole pandemic thing, but I guess not. My name is Zach. You, you just let them peek behind the curtain and, like, we only missed a week from their perspective. We're going to two. two weeks because I want to put this up on Patreon. Okay, that's first, fair. And I have another What's a Gundam. That's fair. Has this time the longest we've gone without recording it's a Gundam? We've got a long time before. Uh, no, I don't think it is. I yeah. think we went a longer time. Two months? Before we started releasing them. Okay, yeah, that's fair. You could be right. Because we yeah. did record this for like three years before we actually started releasing it. Now who's letting people see behind the curtains? I'm, this is definitely- well, That's already public knowledge. By far the fastest episode to go from recording to release. To, Especially to be fair. Patreon release, because if I have my... Well, my dad's birthday is actually Sunday. My plan was to edit this Sunday. I'll probably have to push that to Monday. To be fair, like, we're not exactly closed about most of the stuff we do. We're pretty open with the people on the Discord. Oh, for sure. Um, and, you know, honestly, most of the podcasts I listen to, they're like, this week, and by this week, I mean an hour after we finish recording that last one that you listened to. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty easy to get us to talk about most of the things we're doing. People just post a question, and it'll probably get in a paragraph worth of information from one of us. Yeah, so if you want to keep up with what we're doing right now, what we're on, where we're recording, www.lastpodcast.com. We say it between the bumpers all the time, but that's where you can go. You can check out our Discord. See, Tyler records the bumpers now, and I don't trust him to, but I don't listen to Verify to make sure he did them right. I, I do. I always at least mention the website and the fact that the Patreon exists. Okay. I don't usually extol people. Wait, because extol you feel people. like a shill? Yeah, I do feel like a people for money. Yeah, I do feel a little bit like a shill pushing my own product, but and the world is on fire right now. So if you can't afford to give to us, that's totally fine. But if you can, www.patreon.com/lastpodcasts, you'll get episodes of this as soon as they're done being edited. Usually about a week early. We're gonna try to get a little bit more of a backlog again. Probably never again as big as one we had, but get a little bit of a cushion for you. We're gonna have to go back to uh, laying the tracks as the train is running. Unfortunately, because of this whole thing pushed us back so far. That's okay. We have a contingency plan. It does involve time travel. Yes, although we're almost out of contingency plan, too, because I haven't been able to record contingency plan because I don't want to do that not in person. That's okay. I have a contingency plan for the contingency plan, which I have discussed with no one. Have uh, you good. seen the list of contingency plans that I have in there? So, Most of, even some of them might be good ideas. So to be fair, what's a Gundam started when I said to Kevin, hey, I think this is a good idea. Do you want to do it? He's like, sure. You didn't even know about what's a Gundam until it was in the feed. Yep. I honestly saw that and was like, huh, looks like Tyler made a typo. I'm not sure how he fucked that up. Um, Guess I should mention it to him. Wait a minute. This is something different. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm not on this episode. I am angry. <laughs> <laughs> what? I only listen to podcasts I'm on. Is uh, that true? No, of course it's not. I was going to say, when did you guest star on that other one you listened to that I am remembering the name of right now? The Ranger Warhammer. score. Hey, Tyler, do you remember what Gundam Seed Destiny is about? Uh, yeah, I do. So you have an angry boy, a singer boy, and a sad boy. We don't really get sad boy this episode, except we kind of do at the very, very end. They're at war. Actually, all of them are at war with evil empire Earth. Um, That's actually a pretty good game. 
I was trying to remember what the heck Empire Earth is. I'm like, I know it's a thing, but... It's, it's a strategy game. It's a Vigma game. Um, they are at war separately. Although the Sangri and Angry Boy are at war separately together. It's like Asuka and Shinji. I mean, kind of. They're, liter- like, they're literally in the same command chain. So, uh, except for no, as they're we'll not. find out in this episode, <laughs> well, Zaf's command chain is even more of a joke. I than have previously established. I have more a, of a command long web. spiel on that, and I think it actually explains a lot. But we'll get there when we get there. Anyway, so there's a uh, evil overlord, Doctor Evil, who demands eight billion dollars in arms money. Is starting a war. Zach's doing a funny visual joke. You can't see. He's he's got a. Uh, asset in his fake character sheet that he hasn't used for a while and the president of the united states is about to remind him of it and war was beginning and also we already had a recap episode i think we had like two recap episodes also jabril jabril no jabril is dr evil yeah jabril is dr evil sorry derundle president of space the president of space did philosophize at a bunch of teenagers because his essay was rejected in one of the other recap episodes <laughs> yep <laughs> Also, we uh, get Heine Westenfloos, one of my favorite fictional names, on the ship this episode. That's what's happening in Gundam Seed Destiny, is people, war was beginning, again. Also, the sad boy's on a submarine. Or that's also a spaceship. <laughs> that's also a spaceship. We're all on a spacefaring submarine. I will admit, I, I kind of... They keep releasing models for different catapult decks for ships in Gundam. Like, there's an Argaba one, there's a white base one, and I am just waiting for that Archangel one. They're like 200 bucks, but yeah, I will get that. <laughs> that would actually be pretty sweet. I'll yeah, take an Eternal. That sounds expensive. Just like I keep considering buying an Archangel model, but it's not in scale with my Gundams, so it would look weird. Yeah, I really feel like it needs to be able to carry the models. I don't know right? that it would really necessarily the model look weird but you would think it looks weird yes. when it's up next to all your other models i know it's not quite your jam but you could always go for a papercraft one true i'm sure one exists to scale as you want it i wait, where would i put that also that's the problem when you get you have that problem regardless of what it's made out of okay that's true <laughs> but if it wasn't made out of paper he would have a much harder time explaining where he'd put it exactly so honestly the papercraft option makes even more sense yeah sure uh, oh you forgot about yuna Oh, also, Yuna um, is a purple-haired summoner of angst. He summons angst from Kigali and also tries to emotionally manipulate her, and then she got kidnapped, so now he's president of Space Japan, and Space Japan declared war... On space. On space, (laughs) yeah. Um, It seems a little weird, but... Kigali was kidnapped by her brother, so it's not like she's being held for ransom or anything. They could, though. They should probably just extort Orb to get a bunch of sweet mechs and then build up a, like, what, four ships alliance this time? Except they wouldn't, Orb wouldn't pay them. Three ships alliance plus one. No, what they should do is extort Atherin aboard the Dominion, or not the Dominion, aboard the uh, Minerva. The Minerva, so that he'll take over the ship and bring the ship with him. (laughs) (laughs) That's a mutiny. He's not inside the chain of command. Actually, you can order them to do it. Well, I guess he is the same rank as the captain. Yeah, so I say glad. I suppose she's still a captain, though. She like has an authority. So yeah, I, I was going to say. Depends on whether or not she's around. Sorry, Talia. We accidentally left you in port. <laughs> With Arthur. Oh, no. You can overrule anything Arthur does. Well, no, it's just that she's stuck with him. So... <laughs> What, you, you were thinking I was going to suggest Atherin do something wrong? No. Does, does Gladys like Arthur as, like, a human, or does she just tolerate him? I don't him? think so. Did you see the disdain on her face <laughs> when he was watching the Mir Campbell concert? I think it's one of those things where it's imp- more of, like, an implied... She must have some kind of respect for his ability to do his job, or else he probably wouldn't still be there. Yeah, she probably would have complained somewhere. Well, and she could him... just remove, probably just remove him from well, her ship. Well, as so far re- as I can tell, he could remove her based on the command structure of Zaft. So. But also, she's totally gotten in with the space president who could. Yeah, oh, she could just have him do it if she didn't like Is that. that ever explored? Yes. Okay. Not for a while, and you won't like it, but... Okay. Yes. It doesn't die on the grapevine. Yeah, I was gonna say, because there's a lot of those, I think, unless it's really gonna all come together at the end, but from what everyone has told me, it doesn't. That's what our fix fic is for, when we (laughs) try to fix Destiny between... We gotta figure out what the seed movie that was supposed to happen and never will, despite no matter what the Reed Singer TM Revolution says. Because I realize I've been thinking about that for half my life. I was 15 when Gundam Seed Destiny came out. (laughs) God damn. So it's time to join the Screenwriters Guild. Yes, and then move to Japan. And then learn and then also exit the Screenwriters Guild because I don't think they have a presence in Japan. And also you can't be on Power Rangers if you're in the Screen Actors Guild. Really? It's a non-sack show. Ah, uh, right. 
That show is done as cheaply as possible. One time they were like, hey, let's just film it in New Zealand. Then it would be half the cost. We already, uh, the premise is already we film half an episode of television. Because we have, we bought half of it from another TV show. And we still have two clip shows a year. Anyway. The clip shows on Power Rangers are as much work as the regular shows. Because they still only have half an episode. They have to do another half as the structure. Why? Why would he do a clip episode? Uh, they do one for Halloween and Christmas per Nickelodeon's request. Okay. Because people won't be watching then? or Well, because they want Halloween and Christmas content. Okay. So anyway, we are watching episode 22 of Gundam Seed Destiny? Yep. Do you need the title? I The Sky Blue Sword? Uh, Yep. That is, in fact, what it says here in my notes. Uh, the Sky Blue Sword of. You missed of. Oh, the, the Blue Sword of the Skies? Is that what it's called? No. Sword of the Blue Skies. Sword of the Blue Skies. <laughs> Close. If I remember right, this is also one of the episodes that has, like, the same description on Crunchyroll as another episode. There are two episodes that are this episode. Get ready for it. Wait, so is this the first of the two? Okay. Speaking of Crunchyroll, you can watch along with us there, or Hulu, or the DVDs if you got them. Or, you know, if Gundam Seed Destiny fell off the back of an internet truck, who am I to judge you? That's where it belongs, off the back of an internet truck. It it seems to be fairly regular whenever... I'm like mentioning what I'm gonna be watching next. Someone will mention Destiny, and I'm like, I don't have guys, Destiny. guys. I'm not. I don't own that, and I'm not watching that in my free time. <laughs> I'll say that right now. What would the you answer call- is never gonna be Destiny? What would you call this homework? Okay, this is not free time we right now. We kind of get paid for this. Yeah, I don't really consider fair. this like this is a hobby. It, it is not really. I don't consider it free time because it's time <laughs> that we set aside every week. Okay, it's scheduled. It is time. scheduled time. It's it's not like I'm going to do this because I, I you know, I have nothing else to do. I'll, I'll, also, <laughs> I'll just say this. Uh, usually, I'm the one who does all the prep work. I watched this episode the night we recorded the last episode, and I meant to watch it since then, but it's bad, so I didn't. <laughs> I kind of forgot. I didn't think this was as like particularly bad. Did you want to watch it again? Okay, fair. I feel that way about most media, though, so... Fair. I actually have not come across anything I own that I'm like, wow, I bought this? Damn, I'm sad. Not Monster Masume? No. No. It's not good, but it makes <laughs> me laugh. Okay. Uh, so we start in space where there is war. Cool headshots. It never changes. Except sometimes it goes to space, so that's kind of nice. That's not really a change, it's just like... Nice setting. So we get a lot of space battle. We get okay, a lot there of goes. pretty good footage of things blowing up. We saw some like... Isaac and Diarca. Uh, yeah, we don't the, actually see them. We see their mechs. W- was that the laser Gatling that was being fired yeah. at some yeah, point? Because that's uh, cool. Isaac's Zaku has like beam Gatlings on its shoulders. So we cut to the Kentucky Derby where <laughs> Jabril, our least favorite James Bond villain... And I did just watch Super- for your eyes only. <laughs> wow, that is a... St- Man, I forgot about that one. That cat is like weirdly non-defined. It's just a very fluffy, very fat cat. But look at its face. Yeah, it's a very fluffy, very fat cat. And very flat. Uh, anyway, he's talking to the president of the United States of America, who he has four pictures of on 12, not 21 screens. <laughs> because he's got... Four screens that are images two by of two. That are on four screens and a three by three. Which is the one he's actually looking at. I don't know what's actually. And a lot of the information is actually repeated across screens, which is something I keep I'm yelling lo- at him about. I'm actually looking at a lot of these things for like images that are the same because there's one there, there's one there. But this guy's unique and so is this guy. So he's only got, looks like two news things on up there. Wait, also, no, that one's not unique of the because he's over here. Oh, no, you're right, you're right. I, I didn't see that one over there. Also, he's got coverage of the Battle of Orb two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so one of these is just and, his VCR. And I'm pretty sure this is the Alaska base exploding. Well, I'm wondering if a news program, yeah. like 24-7 news outlets are like, oh, no, we have to vamp for content, and they're Probably. just like showing footage of the last war. I think this is the Battle of Orb 2. Uh, that looks more like Alaska to me, but you well, might Well, no, because right. it's the it's that beach. Oh, you're in okay. Front of, uh, I actually, when you say that... I. Yeah, you might be right. Anyway, the president's like, hey, we did war because you said do war, and we got our asses kicked. We went into it before we're ready, so what are you going to do about it, Jabril? And Jabril was like, no, what are you going to do about it? This is your job to get us out of the mess I made for you. And he's like, I'm blah, blah, blah. Ah, president is hard. I'm the Bond villain here. Do war better. I do really like that the president of the definitely not United States is getting dressed down by this like random guy drinking like a rum and coke (laughs) in his pajamas. Yeah, he's just, he is completely 
bonkers. Although he does espouse that old idea of the winner, winner sets the uh, the histories. Yeah, and he's basically like, all you need to be do is be more of a tyrannical overlord and oppress the people. What is wrong with you? Alternatively, as my secondary note, because I thought this joke was really good, be oppressive. B e <laughs> oppressive. Anyway, he's like, yeah, even your cool Neo Roanoke and his three stolen Gundams have done jack shit. <laughs> it's almost like the show forgot about them for 15 episodes. And Jabril's like, right, you're right, we do have Orb. We should send <laughs> Orb to fight them. They have those cool Murasames that Tyler and Jeremy like. <laughs> Zach's not a fan of, like, everything else in this series. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Yuna and Yuna's dad are like, time to do a war. Yuna looks at least a little bit depressed there. It's because he knows he has seasickness, but he knows he's going to have to declare himself Supreme Overlord. They're like, they can't refuse because we're covering up the fact that the Archangel deserted them, I guess. <laughs> How does you know, that work? It's not like they made it. It's not like the Archangel made a secret that they left. Yeah. It's hard to hide a big freaking battleship leaving. And, you know, a country with a stronger military than ours can't refuse our demands after they sign an alliance and our war is going bad. It's I think impossible. it's more that there are multiple nations involved, and by their combined effort, they could bully Orb into it. Fair. Orb is strong individually, but there are more others. I was going to say, uh, Yuna is giving a dressing down to all the naval commanders who let the Archangel get away, basically saying, I'm taking charge. The guys who actually know what they're doing. Yeah, I'm taking charge this time, and if you don't do what I say, then I'll swab your decks. He's not very threatening. I do like that there's one guy with a completely non-normal chin structure in the background of this. It gets worse when we this zoom guy? back in. Yeah, the, that guy. The that guy, that guy yeah. is a recurring character. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, he's later he in He definitely looks too. designed. He is a playable pilot in Gundam SD <laughs> no, Generations SD, 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 SD. Really? That game is called, yes. Uh, anyway, he's like, we're currently without a president, so we have to war. That's we, what happens when you don't have a president, right? That's more we have to take a firm stance, and my stance is war. He's like, try your best, guys. Do better this time, or I will fire you. Oh, I, no. Color yells at us. I missed this. Oh, no. There was rough seas. Representative Yuna fell overboard, and we couldn't find him. <laughs> That's there actually... hasn't been any weather whatsoever for the past month. Rogue wave. His dad's still in charge when you get back. You have to be more subtle than that. Yeah. He has to take a, sp- a stray bullet. A spray, you know, a stray mecha-sized bullet, <laughs> leaving no remains. Alternatively, they get back and they tell that exact story to Eunice's father, and he's like, no, that's what I call a pro-gamer move. <laughs> 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 no, they just inform Yuna later that they have decided to uh, reintroduce the idea of commissars and that uh, Yuna is now in violation of the commissar. Well, okay, so we talked about this in the episode of last time that we just recorded. Uh, but CGP Grey did put out an excellent episode on how pirate ships work, and apparently captains were just kind of nominated, and if you didn't do a great job captaining, they usually just, like, it usually wasn't a violent mutiny, they just usually elected a new captain. Well, yeah, that's because it's one well, less you... dude if you kill the captain. Exactly. And that for morale for the new captain. Well, and you have to, um, like, it's an, already an incredibly risky profession. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you don't want to have, have to be worrying about people gutting you in your sleep. Mm-hmm. Like you, you have to count on the rest of the crew because those old sailing ships, like they weren't the safest place to begin with. Nope. Speaking of old sailing ships, Orb is leaving with a bunch of aircraft carriers. Uh, these aircraft carriers actually remind me of the um, carriers in, uh, like when you get to the future level carrier in Empire Earth, they look a little bit like this. Meanwhile, on the Phantom Pain, we see the minority report beds. Like, yeah. And Cell's like, hey, you can't take my cool handkerchief. A cool boy gave it to me. He was very sangry. And Neo comes in and he's like, oh, Stella, no one's going to take your teddy bear from you. And then proceeds to, like, pet her like she's a puppy until because she Stella comes is down. Stella a puppy in the puppy Gundam. It's one of the reasons she's such a frustrating character. <laughs> she doesn't get agency. She gets to be puppy. Sometimes she's Neo's puppy. Sometimes she's Stingin' Owl's puppy. Sometimes she's Shin's puppy. But she puppy. <laughs> she puppy. Anyway, Neo's like, no one will take your cool handkerchief. It'll be fine. He's like, don't worry, you won't even remember it in the morning. It's fine. <laughs> It'll be like a dream. So they get in the minority report pods, and Neo's like, ah, maybe I'm the bad guy, since I do all the bad things. <laughs> and then one of the scientists is like, man, it's amazing how you treat them well, you know, like, pretending like they're human, and like, if they have emotions and stuff. I couldn't imagine doing that. We don't have any psychologists here in <laughs> Evil Army. <laughs> and then Neo is like, what if foreshadowing about my own character? Yeah. It's like, are we happier with memories or are we happier without them? 
I am not as suspicious at all about this tech that we have that apparently erases memories of everything from fighting from these teens, which I don't want to get into the practicality on. I'm pretty sure I had a rant about it when I watched this episode a thousand years ago, but I don't remember it now. I yeah, do. It's just dumb. I do actually want to ask how functionally, like, what is the reset point? Because they clearly remember each other and they have, like, fun. Or do they just, like, reset them to, like, you know, this is, like, Aeol, like, timestamp this date. and They have save points. I... So there is a thing that's not given any detail that will complicate this. But the way I see it is they delete memories, like, on an as-per basis. So they leave all the combat, like, so they completely remember the fight they had. Like, the combat encounter from a couple days ago. So they ago. keep the experience of yeah. the combat. I was wondering about that, because presumably they'll also get more skilled, but if you keep erasing all their yeah. memories... Then I assume it's pick and choose. Like, they erase all the memories that, like, these aren't useful. Okay. I also assume that they're basically cyborgs based on some wiki diving I did. You so. have to do wiki diving to come to that conclusion, but I yes. agree with you. <laughs> Which makes it possible to do this. Like, I don't probably think you could just shove a random human in here. Probably it, light augmentations, not like RoboCop-level cyborgs yeah. or cyborg-level cyborgs. I, it does seem to be taking the idea that you have a limited amount of memory in your brain and you have to get rid of all the other stuff so that'll stay sharp, and I don't think that's... That's anything. not how that works, but... It seems to be a popular trope floating around, though. That's... What I've if, seen it in multiple things. What if humans use idea. more than 10% of their brains? Yeah, there's that one, too. Yeah. Well, they, very, They're very related, I think. Anyway, and he was like, I think they're lucky to not have a memory, because then they can just kill. Which I guess, like... For conditioning people to kill, maybe this is good. Maybe it's bad, though. I don't know. Uh, like, I would, I, I can see a psychological argument for either way. I guess, and I'm not a psychologist. I think all, I'm not a psychologist either. But I think I feel what you like, actually are looking for here is a moral philosopher. <laughs> I think, like, you're probably gonna have an easier time with them if you're if you're not worried about things like their concern for other human beings. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I'm talking about like you know the idea that you get used to killing people and it's your job. Like, but if they get left with all of that stuff, that's true. And removing that, you're removing the uh, also theoretically stuff that would cause PTSD. So you don't have to deal with worrying about your killing machine turning around and being like, "Yeah, I'm out of here," or you know, I I have to preserve my own life because they don't really have a concept of it. It is something that is far too complicated for this series. Although, like this line just that just happened, they point out that like Stella's kind of prime motivator is her fear of death. Yep. So it's like they've instilled that in her somehow. So I guess that must be like. Or maybe artificial. she came with it and then they amplified okay. it. Yeah. And that's kind of interesting. Nothing gets done with it, mind you. But I guess as a sci fi concept, this is at least something. So it's another thing that's a shame Destiny don't do nothing with it. <laughs> it's like kind of like a reverse Manchurian candidate thing to get her out of combat because we already know she kind of goes psychotic in combat. And so the only thing to get her out is to basically tell her she's gonna die but that also seems to be like her only emotions are kill and oh no i'm gonna die kill or be killed if yeah. you will be killed is an emotion oh it's kind of it's more kind of along the lines of kill or be coward so meanwhile on the minerva they got a cool orange goof and by cool orange i mean spice it's a spice colored goof <laughs> i had the gamecube controller in that color i was gonna say it's a gamecube spice goof Atherin is slouching outside as Weston Flew shows up so they can talk to each other. And they say, uh, they keep introducing new models. And I'm just like, yeah, that's a freaking terrible idea. Stop introducing new models. I feel like this is the second new model that's actually been introduced, right? Outside of the Gundams, which are not really new models, right? I mean, technically they are, but they are well, not in when you take When you take it into account, th it's been two years. They've... Built a new model for the Din. Yeah. They well. built a new model for their basic model of the, Z of the yeah, Zaku. Yeah, so they created Zaku. They've made a new model for their artillery mobile suit. They have a bunch of custom-ass Zakus, and I was wondering about how much those cost. Well, to be fair, those seem to be based on the strike. So, like, those are just equipment packs, basically. That's fair. Which makes a lot of sense to me. And those actually make a lot more yeah. sense, because you can... Because you don't have to mass the produce the packs. You can just make a new. You can just build the Zaku baseline and then give whatever pack it happens to need for the mission it's supposed to go on. Or for whatever the specialty of the pilot is. Anyway, Hane comes on and is like, oh, I already know about you, Razor Barrel. You're the only competent one. That's not true. Shin has killed some stuff. We're told Lunamari is competent because she's a red. I mean, she's done about as much as Ray, honestly, <laughs> yeah, which is not true. much, but. <laughs> And Heine's like, ah, oh, way better than Nazca class, huh, Atherin? <laughs> and he's like, anyway, girl, you can call me Heine. <laughs> Not you, Shin. <laughs> I really like Commander Westenfloos, though, so. It does sound authoritative. He's also tall and blonde. Yeah. And by blonde, I mean spice. <laughs> <laughs> he matches the Zaku. 
And Shin is like, how does military work, Atherin? Please explain, senpai. And he's like, uh, Weston Fluce is in charge, I guess. And he's like, what? They call you commander? How gauche. We should all be on a first name basis with each other. And Ray is like, well, he's the one who gives out orders in battle, so we called him. Not like any of you actually listen to him when I he does. Like, I, f- I feel like Ray would. I also feel like Atherin has never given Ray or Lunamaria an order. <laughs> yeah, Ray and Lunamaria have not give, gotten orders from Atherin. Well, and to be may- fair, maybe when they attacked the uh, the Lohengrin, he might have given them orders. Atherin's that. order to Shins have mostly also been get back in rank. <laughs> so <laughs> fall back in line. Get back here, you annoying little bitch. So anyway, Heine is like, oh, no, we're all equals because we're smarter and better than natural. So we don't need coordination. Coordination's for losers and monkeys. Yeah, the other team didn't win because they had a pink haired genius with a bunch of spreadsheets who was managing them all and uh, keeping a morale up. It's ridiculous. <laughs> she couldn't coordinate an outfit. I do really <laughs> like the idea of Lacus just staying up late, like messing with some Excel documents. And <laughs> Lacus's primary strength is not her uh, soliloquizing or anything but she stays up late to prepare everything yeah it's actually just like she has really good data organization skills so, <laughs> so anyway Heine's like hey it doesn't matter if you know we're reds or faith members or in green or have blue hair or purple hair or spice hair we're not like naturals who need to be in groups and have communication to fight we're main <laughs> characters we break ranks and we take names isn't that right, Shin? How many paper mache daggers did you defeat in that last battle? <laughs> we don't need to coordinate. It's not like that's the name of our people or anything. Heine has gotten to the point where Shin is sticking up for Atherin. <laughs> no. <laughs> are, are you teasing them? Everyone, no. <laughs> Have you actually heard Atherin? He's not good in social situations, so no, he doesn't tease anybody. And Heine's like, come on, Atherin, what the hell? And Atherin's like, yeah, you're why, right. Why don't you have them call me by call you by your name? Because I'm their boss. And Shin is like, oh man, I thought when Atherin got dressed down and humiliated, I would enjoy it. But this is just awkward as hell. <laughs> Atherin tries to break the awkward by being like, yeah, I wish I could be a little more assertive like he is. Or a little more whatever the spicy like he is. He just can't be that outgoing. I do like that uh, Shin's like, what do you mean, Commander? And Atherin does take the time to tease him and be like, Atherin, Shin. You are right about Zaft's military structure making no sense, because we've already been told that faith members are all equal, and they all operate outside of the uh, chain of command. Yeah, Atherin's mentioned that... Uh, I feel like Durandal probably said Heine's in charge, but... I, I but they already they... said the, the faith members specifically report only to, to Durandal. Uh, and then Durandal said this guy's in charge, so that makes sense. I, I also feel like Atherin's the sort to just defer anyway. Yeah. He's senpai. Like, uh, must he, was, he only took uh, command because Gladys was like, will you take command for me? And I guess when he took command of the Crusade team in the first one, it was also basically by orders. He's not going to take command first, but he will do it if he has to. So to be fair, if Heine's philosophy on how military organization should work in Zaft is actually fairly prevalent throughout the rest of the organization, it makes a lot of sense why the hell they're structured the, the way they are and like why... Uh, Man, I already forgot Crazy Man's name. Rao Ra- yes, thank you, Rao. I was going to call him Neo Rao. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, he, he, he's Rao Classic. Um. <laughs> Have a Rao and a smile. <laughs> but it makes a lot more sense where like, he and the captain of the ship that was carrying him forever were basically on equal footing because like, they are. If the entire military structure just works that way. Where they're like, ah, we don't like, we'll just do whatever, just like cover us or whatever. Then that makes a lot of sense. It also explains why they didn't just immediately win the war because they have no organization. <laughs> See, that's the thing is, if I've learned anything from playing Hearts of Iron, if you don't have organization, you can't move. <laughs> exactly, and you need organization points to move. Exactly. But no, it makes a lot more sense because they were like technologically advanced. They have better pilots. They have just really all possible advantages and they still like were in a stalemate. So also their like commander in chief did not want to take territory. There's also is, that is a chief factor. I think of the early bits of the Zaft war. Yuna's face matches his hair color. Yeah, Yuna can't boat. Apparently the seas are getting rough. And what I'm presuming this is an aircraft carrier, isn't it? Yep. I'm pretty sure that's all Orb really has left in their ship. I'm pretty sure at this point in mobile suit combat, that's kind of the only ships you have. Well, you probably still would have destroyers and like, just because of how building a navy works. Yeah, but I assume they left them back at the port. Like, no, you'd still probably them. bring them with you. I do not know. In part because, like, they, they act... I mean, how they work now is they usually act like a screen for submarines and stuff. 
There's also the question, this is a question that we always regret bringing up, but how much of the Orb military survived that last invasion? And how many ships have they well, we already rebuild? We know they have they at least on. three destroyers. Yeah, that's true. Because we are, we know we they have at least three gun carrying vessels because yeah. we saw them at the beginning of the series. Yes, not really the beginning, but I know what you mean. Yeah, early enough in the series that we, we saw at least three. And they gun haven't been destroyed vessels. yet. Yeah, they haven't they haven't been engaged yet. No one actually fought them. Yeah, and they also obviously have some carriers. So, and also I say that, but we also know from flashbacks that a number of or military ships um, were involved in the evacuation, so presumably they survived. But there's probably not a lot of orb military left, all things considered. They they seem to have a pretty decent size. Like, they might be up close to where they were before the war because they're just a smaller nation with a smaller military to begin with. I'd imagine there was a pretty big recruitment drive afterward, and there was probably plenty of national... I'm just thinking how long it takes to build machinery that scale. Well, like I said, that's where we get in trouble. Yeah. When we remember it's only been two years, and how many spaceships does have to have? The Gundams, you could probably mass produce. The mobile suits, you mean? Mobile suits, you could probably mass produce. Depending on how much of the infrastructure was destroyed. Because from what we already know, the uh, Earth forces didn't really run amok through orb afterwards. They wanted it as a, they wanted to capture. They They wanted the mass driver. Yeah. So once the mass driver was gone, they kind of left. But ships take a lot more time that's and effort. What I, that's mostly what I'm thinking is like, I know in current technology times, an aircraft carrier can take like most of a decade to build. Well, I think the, isn't the Ford on like year 15 or something like that? Yeah, it, like they take a long time is my point. They and are like, very complicated. And yet somehow, as soon as they finished building the, mo- the uh, mass produced daggers, they were building mobile suit carrying carriers. See, this is the problem when you get people who are actually going to yeah. think of this and call people on stuff like this. Well, it's, and part of it is that they want to do a Zeta Gundam thing, but Zeta Gundam had a seven-year gap, which, you know, you still get some problems with, but it's the future, and seven years is more reasonable. To yeah, use. I was going to give the future, um, like, seven years seems reasonable, but... Well, because just thinking about it, like, no one was really ready after World War II to fight another war except for the two world superpowers. Those were the only people who were still really ready to go. And mostly because they weren't super spent at the end of it. Like, they didn't actually do a ton, so... Russia? Russia did. (laughs) Uh. Well, and also, you know, Japan decided to take out all of our battlecruisers. Yeah. And it just turned out that didn't matter. Battleships. (laughs) Yeah, battleships. Sorry, my bad. I only may, I only say it specifically because Battle Cruiser yeah, is something class, specific. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you know that famous board game, Battle Cruiser. Well, like, operation. The Hood. <laughs> Battle Cruiser Operation. The Hood. Probably the most famous Battle Cruiser was the HMS Hood. The Hood. Lasted for uh, three minutes, I want to say. Nice. Against the Bismarck, because people are pretty sure that the that Bismarck hit its magazine. Oh, oh. And uh, several boxcars. Out of, basically, <laughs> out of, like, a crew of, like, 1,500 people from the hood, they pulled three out Amazing. of the water. Amazing. Well, it was also, like, a long time afterwards, because the uh, the crew, the I think it was a cruiser was with it. Oh, so uh, that was probably early shadowing. on in the, big, or in the engagement, right? Uh, well, actually, it was hood and one other crew, uh, ship, I think the Prince of Wales, and against Bismarck and I think Prince Eugen. Was the, was the cruiser with it, and Hood was immediately destroyed, and the other British ship was like, all right, I'm going to have to shadow this. And so the British called up, like, every ship in the fleet and was like, find the Bismarck and fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like a very Churchill thing to do. Well, this has been Naval History, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Look up the extra credits. Um, extra History. Hun- yeah, extra, extra history. Extra credits, colon, um, extra history, colon, fuck uh, up the Bismarck. <laughs> sink, uh, sink the Bismarck series. They do a pretty good job of getting, like, the full uh, Cliff Notes thing, if you want to find out more about it. The TLDR is, um, StarCraft is bullshit. You can't build a ship in that, that quick. Yeah, you, <laughs> you can't build a ship that fast. Oh, you can, because of Vespine gas. But you require more. Well, yeah, because you just used it to build the ship. So the orb fleet is heading for the Black Sea, where it's going to try to halt the Zap advance. And Weird Shin guy is like, man, I, I've got a bad feeling about this. And he's talking to Captain Tanaka, who is the guy who got Shin out of Orb. I still really wish there was more interplay between Shin and so that guy, because that, so that, that is a missed opportunity. You know, that big thing in the middle looked like it might be like a floating dock. I think it's supposed to be like a, a specific like a mobile suit carrier or something like that. I would believe that. 
Anyway, they're like, hey, this seems to go against our nation's entire credo, huh? And the captain's like, yeah, but I mean, also, we don't want to get nuked, so here we are. I feel like he's saying, you know, this is all being done to protect our nation, mostly because we're just hope yeah saying we're, we're doing it to protect our nation so that hopefully kigali and the archangel can actually protect our nation i'm it's hoping basically for the plan we had last time and that worked out we're just all collectively hoping for a deus ex machina although i do get the feeling that this guy in particular really does feel like you know i hate the fact that we're trying to dump this on teenagers again i would believe that but i might be ascribing it to him because of the fact that we don't really get a whole lot out of him but I am in an anime, and I'm an old man, so I can do nothing. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's a good guy. Oh, so we find out that actually, Orb's detachment is only one carrier and six escorts. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. Because again, they're they're a smaller nation. nation, so they probably don't have a huge fleet. They will be joined by uh, the Phantom Pain. What is their ship? The John Paul Jones. And presumably, they have some people too. That dude has a, is a fascinating figure of history. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, he founded the Navy. I think that's the only thing I know about him. If I remember right, he also like landed in Denmark without his standard. So Denmark just made him a standard so that he could dock without being accused of being a pirate. That's hilarious. So anyway, we see the druggies waking up and Stella's like, what's this dumb handkerchief? And then she and just, just leaves, leaves it, it there. Yeah. Which, you know, is an effective moment. It, it would is. be better if Stella was a better character, but I can't take away that this gets the point across. It doesn't tell you... Like, the, the thing doesn't step up and tell you, hey, she's leaving that behind. They just show it to you, which no. is always a more effective means. And the fact that she doesn't acknowledge it at all. Yeah, no, I think it's actually a pretty good shot. And then we get the eye catch. Hey, everyone. It's been a while since we recorded, so this mid-spot is actually, like, the week after we recorded the episode, which is weird. I feel like I just woke up from a really long nap and, huh, I'm, like, covered in weird scarves? Uh, don't know where any of these came from. Anyway, hey, thanks for listening to episode 22, a one we all kind of like. Kind of. I think I've liked it the most. But I hope you're all enjoying Heine Westenfluss on screen, because, spoilers, he's not going to be around for very long, and I think I'm probably the only person involved in this show, listeners included, who didn't know that. Now would be an excellent time to plug our Patreon, uh, because, hey, this week we got a new patron, so I want to say thanks, Jared, for throwing money at us. We really appreciate that. If you want to be a cool guy like Jared, then you can also get access to our new episodes early, in addition to bonus content, which we're going to start producing again now that we're actually recording regularly. Go rate us on Apple Podtooncastify. The cool spot where all people listen to their audio noises. I think that's about it. Hey, thanks for sticking with us and continuing to listen. We really appreciate it. And back to the episode. Wow, Destiny did something okay by accident. They do a couple okay things. Oh, like Shin's a pretty good character, I honestly think. Until uh, his character falls off. Yeah, well, yes, but we're not there yet. Yeah, he's actually not a bad character. I just don't like him. I honestly think that the biggest problem with Destiny thus far has been that it's trying to get to where Seed ended way too fast. Yeah, it needs to build. Well, it also is starting with its scale way too high. Yeah. I think it would actually work a bit better if, as the series went on, it still built things up again. Because, as we've already said, it's been two years, only two years. You, you don't really build up this much military strength in that little time. And they kind of tried to do that, right? Like, the eight, first eight episodes aren't in a war. It's all small skirmishes and stuff. Well, especially with how small Zaft as a nation is. Like, they're, they're not supposed to have a huge population to begin with. That was already one of their weak points. And like, hey, yep. look, we have the same number of guys. I've said it before, but I just think it's serving too many masters. Both in the series and outside the series. <laughs> Because, you know, I think we've hinted at this, but one of the reasons Jin's character falls off and Kira Yamato becomes more prominent is that they put out a character poll after episode five and Kira Yamato won it in a landslide. Because Shin hadn't done yeah. shit yet. Yeah. Shin was number three. Well, also... After Shin Atherin? Yeah. Shin is also <laughs> kind of unlikable. Yes and no. He's getting better, honestly, as he's like starting to open up to people and being less angry. But well, there are characters that are like, this character isn't thoroughly unlikable, but they get better. Like, I specifically remember the character from Eureka uh, 7. I hate him. He's so freaking annoying, but he has a significant character arc and actually grows through the series. And I think that's one thing Shin really has going for him. Like, most unlikable anime mecha protagonists are in the Amuro Rei Shinji Akari mold, right? Of they don't want to be doing this in their whiny. Shin is the opposite of that. He's active. He wants to be doing stuff. He wants to get in the robot. But for the wrong and, reasons. Yes. 
But, like, I think, especially if you're a young, angry teenager who wants to change the world, he's very relatable. When I was 15, I liked Jin pretty well. I didn't like him as much as Kira, who is me, only he has a hot girlfriend and a cool robot. I but, actually, I feel like Atherin is probably my favorite character throughout this entire thing thus far, just because, like, oh no. They're both good. He's just trying. Atherin is probably the one I identify closest with, but most of them... I mean, don't, I don't get me wrong, I identify more with Kira, I just think Atherin's a better person. <laughs> or more yeah, because he's not us. <laughs> Fair. Um. Yeah, remember, I'm not you guys, so of course mine's going to be a little different. And that's also one of the reasons why I don't like Shin, he reminds me of all the things about myself I don't like. Oh, man, I completely missed this where we're getting recon. I was wondering how they got all this information about Suez. Did I just miss this entire scene? I don't remember. Did you go to take a note? You I definitely wrote Millie photographing wars, you know. I thought she was a uh, photojournalism action Millie as opposed to espionage action Millie. Well, she's war correspondent Millie. Well, so, I we know she hasn't photographed wars because there haven't been any wars. She's photographed terrorism, you know. I was going to say she's photographed skirmishes, you know. I'm assuming that necklace that she has is a press badge. No idea. I saw that it was there, but I like my mind alighted all the details for me. It doesn't have anything on it. It was presumably backwards. So basically, Suez is a trench at this point, according to higher-ups. And Hyde is like, oh, how far will our force be? And uh, Gladys is like, eh, doesn't matter, because they got the Phantom Pain. They've got the John Paul Jones. They've got those three Gundams that keep shooting us down, and Kira can only fend- Oh, wait, we have more mobile suits than that, we're fine. And Hyde is like, uh, Atherin, what the fuck are they talking about? And he's like, you know, the one. And he's like, oh, the one. Okay, cool. And they basically discuss her plan. And then Tully is like, oh, by the way, Atherin, we're going to be shooting Orb. And Atherin's like, oh, cool. Thanks, I guess, for giving me that as a heads up. It's like, yeah. Uh, it's after the briefing, too. It's like, everything's over. Hey, I thought you should know you're shooting your friends, maybe. You're cool with that, right? And Honey's like, side glare. And this is over a shot of Yuna shaking hands with Neo Roanoke. He's like, I have enough teenagers to babysit. God why damn. are you here? Meanwhile, on the, the submarine of happiness, Kagali's like, but why? To be fair, I don't think Kigali actually thought it, that they'd actually, like, leave Orb to do anything. Yeah, because it was always presented to her as this is a diplomatic treaty. Like, a defense pact type yeah. of situation. To be fair, that's what it was supposed to be. I think that's actually why Yuna looked concerned at that uh, council meeting. If we're, like, going to go back and give him an actual character, I think he's actually concerned that they're going to war because he also thought it was a diplomatic thing. I don't I, think so. I think that might have just been an animation thing. I think 50-50 on it. I certainly don't think he was expecting to go this quickly. I will also say he's doing a pretty good job for having been seasick. You never see it for the rest of the thing, and I'm not sure if that they just dropped it uh, because uh, he, it was a dumb comedy point, or if he's actually, like, toughing it out. He got on a bigger ship. Oh. Let's roll. Yeah, he put on his big ship pants. Yeah, he got off of the destroyer that he was on. Anyway, we see a nice, uh, like, callback to... Stella forgetting the handkerchief and Shin specifically saving this glass shard in a jar. I think it's a seashell, but yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a, a seashell. I thought one of them got cut on it. Am I? I think it's a seashell, though. Okay. But he's being all sentimental about it, and we now know that Stella had her memories wiped, so. So she can't be sentimental about it? Yep. Anyway, someone told Shin that he gets to shoot an orb. And he's Luna like, I have mixed feelings about this, Luna. Well, it's something that we also were expecting him to be more of, like, just pure rage. But he's just, like, he seems like he does have very mixed feelings about it. Yeah, but the more he thinks about it, the more, like, the anger is kind of what sets in. At least that's how I read on his yeah, face. That, I get I get the same thing. That Well, that's because he's angry, boy. Because, Me- like, part of him is like, no, Kigali would never, she has no teeth. Of course she wouldn't send. Well, and know? because. Like, that's his view of the nation on the, and also on the on the other side of things like what they stand for is something that most people want like we don't want to hurt anybody or attack anybody but here they are going exactly against everything that they claim that's going to piss him off because he's always been so mad but he's about also that. pissed off that they try to do that also so i don't know there's no pleasing shin so <laughs> and again because we gave seed this credit this is based in real world politics and that the japanese defense force is a defense force because we went in and made it so they couldn't have an army basically but then we came later and like hey you should definitely help us in iraq and send troops and all this and so there's definitely that sort of tension in real japan at this time it's a, a little more settled than it would see a little less raw but still the political reality of it was there yep meanwhile Atherin's off being singry as is his character well he's he- thinking about all the people in orb who he likes yeah i do really like that he is singry about it and shin is angry about it so and Heine is like smug about it. He's like, ah, oh, so you were in orb that whole time. I hear it's cool there. 
You do realize that most of the time, if I tried to go back to Zaft, they'd have shot me. And Heidi's like, this place is pretty cool, too. It's like, so all places are cool. And so you should, you know, just treat Orb as an enemy, which is a weird, like, sort of thing that Raul the Crusade would have told him, almost. Yeah, it's very similar, because he basically, like, tricks him into kind of a fallacy, where he's like, oh, who do you want to shoot then? And he's like, well, I don't want to shoot anyone. And he's like, fine, then shoot everyone. Um, um, (laughs) (laughs) Which is not really the conclusion you should draw there, but cool, I guess. I feel like they're trying to have, like, cool elder brother Heine here, and he doesn't fit the role, right? And I'm not sure if we're supposed to think that, or... I read him as specifically trying to manipulate people. Um, He seems super untrustworthy to me for a lot of reasons. I don't think he's super untrustworthy. I just think that they're trying to bring in a character that can motivate Atherin, but this dude is not really the right character because we don't know him. You know who is great to motivate Atherin? Shin? I was going to say Kira, or who's going to be here in like 30 seconds. So but like, so that's what I read, is that Tiny's trying to motivate him to fight. and Well, I'm sure that's what he's trying to do. I just don't understand his motives. Other he than- doesn't want to get shot, and Atherin's clearly in the wrong headspace to keep his ass alive. That's fair. I don't know. So he should do what Rao should have done and not sword at him. Although, to be fair, Rao's like, I'm not going to sword at you. That would be dumb. Yeah. Um, and Atherin kind of talked him into it. A lot of, like, Heine's character animations make me think he is working as a double agent of it's some the sort. Nose. Um, and and the eyes, he goes squinty a lot for no apparent reason. I think that's supposed to indicate that he's thinking, but to me, that's like, oh no, I need to... That indicates deviousness? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, Teacher Yuna is sewing off his 40k models on the table and (laughs) talking about the plan. And everybody else is staring at it going, yeah, you're an idiot. Oh no, uh, Neo agrees with him. I'm not sure if it's because he wants Yuna to blow himself up or not, but I honestly don't understand Neo's ro- motivations either. I'm not sure we were supposed to at this point. But yeah, Neo is like, oh, I see your supreme commander for a reason. But, but he's also like, we'll let Orb have the front line. I take it this very much is like, yeah, you can go get yourself killed. Yes, yeah, I know that the Earth Federation has done with Eurasia in the past. That is definitely what I read that as of... He's, he's giving him the empty compliments because they show the, the, show the Orb commanders when he says that. And both of them kind of have the look on their face of, we're screwed. But Neo being like, yeah, uh, you can take the front. Yeah, all the glory's there. You want some glory, right? And in a way, we see war photographer Millie West getting ready to take some sweet war shots. So, okay, I do know that we've harped on this before, but what do they actually do with the empty space that the bridge vacates? Yes. Like? It's target, and if you hit it, nothing bad happens. Okay. It's a decoy. It's a decoy? <laughs> it's like okay. that argument about Batman having the yellow on his chest, because that's where he has the most armor. <laughs> that's backsplaining. Yes. It, oh, obviously it is. As um, weird as it might sound, that is not the stupidest bridge in anime I've ever seen. I'm very curious what the stupidest bridge is. <laughs> Heroic Age, the bridge on their ship, is even worse. What What does it do? Works very similarly, except for it goes up and there's actually no like supports underneath it. How does it go up? It's like a magnetic thing, so if anything should cause that to short, you got a pretty long fall. Well, it's not going to fall because they're in space, right? So that said, you're now untethered from anything, so now your bridge is going to like... Oh, that's how they do the uh, the shaky bridge <laughs> on Star Trek. They're actually just magnetically levitated, and the magnets cut out every so often. It makes so much more sense. So Atherin and Shin are getting dressed. Atherin is sankry, and Shin <laughs> is angry. And Atherin's like, hey, Shin, what's bothering you? And Shin is like, Really? Oh, I'm going to be a sulky teen. Nothing's bothering me. We got to go kill some orbs. And Atherin does make a point of getting on the uh, elevator. Although he does, you know, say exactly the wrong thing to Shin. Yeah, well, that's because Atherin has zero in diplomacy. I don't even know, like, humans. Atherin has a low human score. Well, he's not really... I don't think he's really talking to Shin right now. He's thinking out loud. I guess, actually, you know, we've always said that Atherin has better interpersonal relationships than Kira. Yes. So... (laughs) He has a one. (laughs) He's got a high charisma score. He didn't take any of the skills, but he's got a high charisma score. That's fair. So he sometimes lucks into it with just a stat yeah. bonus. Sometimes, you know, sexy Lacus Klein just forces herself into his bed. But Atherin's like, I'm going to try to be deep. The truth is, you were like Dora, but that's why you're angry, right? And Shin's which- basically like, no, Baka. <laughs> Storms out of the elevator, which I love. Although it is a pretty good moment, and I think does court to the, like, the hypocrisy of Shin and why it's there. Yeah, it's just, we've mentioned it. Nobody really calls him on that. I guess this is the closest we get to it, right? Mm-hmm. I think so. Dardanus Dawn. So anyway, Yuna's like, hoity toy, time to do the cool stuff. <laughs> I love how both of the other two officers are like, 
What the fuck is wrong with you? It's like, oh, don't you know your Greek mythology, you plebs? We need a cool name for an operation. See, that's the kind of thing that comes up in in more comedic anime where someone has to name something really stupid for something like that. I just really feel like you come up with the name before you're literally doing it in the middle of doing it. I do like the fact that we see a lot of, we, we see like ground crew while they're launching the Murasames on the actual carriers. Oh, you know what happened with Yuna is he came up with that idea like after the briefing. He's like, oh shit, no one's around for me to tell that to. <laughs> so he had to spring it later. That sounds about right. <laughs> anyway, Neo's like, man, Orb's good because they have people they want to protect. It sure would be great if my druggies had that. They just want to exist. I don't really know what their motivation is. Brain- they just want to be brainwashed. Oh, uh, one of them wants to do murders real good. One of them wants puppy. And <laughs> one of them, like, I think has college aspirations. I don't know what Slim Steel is at all. I think I, I was like the one most likely to have a deal, but we don't find out what it is. I know. I, I, I think I know what Sting's deal is, but I don't want to reveal it because spoilers. That's not like what he wants, though. That's just what the Are poor writers Are you sure? <laughs> anyway, their Estrays and Marasamis come out. Again, they blot out the sun because Destiny. And then they only launch the Savior and the Impulse. Well, to be fair, it's worked in the past. I was wondering why they did this. And like, I actually came up with some decent justifications for why they kept someone or someone reserve. I guess it makes but, sense since they're on a power pa- the, the power plant. You don't want to send all of them out at the same time. Uh, well, yeah, I was going to say, especially if there's something like Ford of you that's going to wipe out your mobile suits. You want to have some. Well, especially, especially if you're these two are the ones that are more most capable of engaging them over the sea like this. Yeah, they're the floating. fight ones, basically. Yeah. As much as I hate the impulse, this is one of the things that it would probably be good at. And boy, is there a lot of overwater combat in Destiny, so... And they actually have time to prepare, so the stupid interlocking mechanism kind of makes sense. The shield fold out, I, Although I the, never understand. The long-range thing actually makes a bit more sense with the Aegis, or not the Aegis, the Savior. You know, the, the whole transformation thing, so you can go longer distances. Mm-hmm. It's just incredibly um, non-handy, uh, because it's too technical. Yep. yep. So anyway, As someone who's built transforming Gundam models, that frame is paper mache. <laughs> <laughs> So Shin's like, I have mixed feelings about this, and I'm going to take it out on all of you. Now I'm destroying you with my stock footage attack instead of <laughs> those daggers. Are, those aren't Murasames, are they? No, those are the Estrates with the uh, air pack on them. Uh-huh. We get some broadside firing from the Minerva at some orb escorts. Actually, like, I don't think the Minerva's fired anything yet. Oh, yeah, I, fight. I thought those were the escorts firing at the Minerva. Okay. Huh. That's how I read it anyway. Anyway, she's like, swing about. We'll use our big gun. Just blow them out. Millie's photographing wars, you know, and he was like, there are two of them. Our arrows blot out the sun. <laughs> Come on. I love how he says corner them. Um, where? In the air. <laughs> it's like, send out all the mobile suits. It's like, did you read any books on tactics? I do not know what their objection is. So can someone tell me what their objection is? If uh, you send out all of your mobile suits, you don't have anybody to keep your ship safe. Yeah, That's fair? What stops the um, the savior from transforming into a jet, flying past them all, transforming into a giant robot, landing on your aircraft carrier, and... Plot. Shin can take 50 estrays. Yeah, They've fair. seen one ship. We know Zaft has more than that. That's true. Although I... I don't know where they would be attacked because their rare is protected by the John Paul Jones. And I don't think they have any bases on the side, but they could have troops there. But you never know where everything exactly. could be. And we know Zaft has underwater mobile suits as well. So, And especially given how aircraft carrier this is, I assume they usually attack in waves. So you get an attack force, they re- return resupply, and you launch the other wave. It really depends on how long it would take to rearm yeah. the, the Murasames because... At least in the one conflict where they were big, it was like an hour to an hour and a half to send out a new attack wave. Can an Atherin keep destroying mobile suits? I do actually really like that we get like uh, mirror reserve shots between the Phantom Pain pilots and the Minerva The Minerva pilots. Yeah. Anyway, they're about to fire the big Taunthauser. They're targeting. They're locked on. The, the gun comes out to do a cool charge. It actually looks pretty cool as it comes out of the uh, hood. I do wonder if the Tonhauser has, like, if they've done something in the last two years to prevent, like, the Positron guns 
from doing environmental damage because they're a lot more free and yeah, Destiny they do with seem to just them. shoot them all the time now, right? Um, maybe that has something to do with the end jammer jammers because the archangel was a lot less or, like Maru didn't want to use it because of the surrounding pollution, but they the Earth forces installed one and the Minerva has one and she's awfully free to use it. I do actually think the end jammers like prevented something from happening and the end jammer jammers prevent whatever that was from preventing the original thing i <laughs> i just take it as talia is a lot more practical and willing to go weapons free just like or maybe that uh nataro was like hey we should be using that and maru would always belay the order that is fair i was just thinking that there might be something in there that they had in the two years made them more efficient that's a good and point also Gladys probably cares about Earth a lot less than Miner- and, uh, Maru, too. Yeah. Even it, ignoring their personality differences. Also, Maru was an engineer first, so she probably knows a lot more about the <laughs> ramifications of firing it. I don't know. Talia probably knows about any potential ramifications from firing it. It is her main cannon. Yeah. And she is the captain. She probably knows about everything that you need to know to keep the Minerva on this in the... In the air. Yeah, in the air. And that's the... And, and also, this will pollute the environment, Is might be what she knows. Whereas Maru might, like, that might not be technobabble to her. Yeah, she, she might, might actually know what the physical ramifications okay. are. She, she might know the specifics. Yeah, yeah, that's more what I was getting at. They, she's they might like, have been told the same information, but Maru might have a better... Maru is like, Maru this, actually will understood it. this will cause mutagenic horror. This will create super mutants. Anyway, the positron gun is charging up very, very slowly. And as Arthur says to fire... A giant green TIE fighter laser pierces it, and there's a big explosion. There's a bunch of smoke coming from the front of the Minerva, which is pretty cool. The reserve pilots are all get a cut in, as do Athern and Shin. I actually really like the way Shin's is shot, where he's on the bottom, and as he moves his head up, he takes the full screen. And the freedom flies in as the credit music starts. I should point out, this is why you would have the other, fi- the other guys <laughs> in the air to protect your battleship. Yeah, or at least on the battleship. To keep yep. an eye out for... St- they wouldn't be able to stop Kira from doing that, I'm, but Arguably, still. you also probably have some anti-mobile suit missiles and, like, guns and stuff, which, again, like you said, would not have stopped sniper sniper man Kira Yamato. But from- that is exactly why you would have them out there, is to protect from something like this happening. And presumably, you should have someone to detect it, too, since it's a nuclear engine just flying in, Shh, but... Details. Anyway, Athwin's like, what the hell is Kira doing here? And- Actually, I... I think Atherin knows what Kira's doing here. And Kira's sad about it. Because <laughs> completing he, the our trifecta. He, the way Atherin says it is the freedom, Kira, I think he knows what he's doing here. It's not that difficult to figure out what Kira's going to be doing. I Disarming everyone? Yeah, that's what. well, that's what he said he wanted to do. Like, and I think Atherin understands that if Kira's going to get involved, that he's probably going to go back to what he said he wanted to do in the last, in the last war. You know, stop it. So I, I read it as just total shock is like, I did not think he was ever going to pick up a gun. again. Like last time I talked to him, he did not really seem capable of much. I guess that is true, because uh, while we know that Kira has armed the freedom again, no one else outside of. Yeah, Athra well, doesn't know about the assassination attempt, right? They're keeping the like kidnapping of Kigali pretty hush hush. No, but Athra knows about it. But he doesn't know any details, if you recall. He knows that she's with Kira. And that's it. But the Archangel is the thing they know. They don't. Okay. The freedom never get mentioned. I couldn't remember if it had been or not. Yeah, so like, so he doesn't know that Kira had to pick up arms yeah. to shoot a bunch of guys. Okay, that's fair. And also, he doesn't know that he kidnapped her with a Gundam. <laughs> with his Gundam. <laughs> Although, I think Atherin probably is one of the few people who actually knew the Freedom was in the basement. Yeah, probably. Like, I, I would find it very hard to believe that Atherin didn't know that thing was there. He doesn't necessarily know that Kira is willing to pilot it. That said, it could be Lacus for all he knows. So. <laughs> well, I think it's actually far more likely that it could be Waltfelt. But I think Atherin also knows that if it's the Freedom, it's going to be Kira. Because Kira did mention in Seed that I-, I would let you use it, or I would tell you all about it, but then I'd have to kill you. You know, this is mine to take care of. So I think Atherin realizes that he's not going to let anybody else drive the Freedom. So if the Freedom showed up... This is my car. Kira showed up. <laughs> Yeah, although also that had to do with the end jammer technology, which is now public Pretty knowledge. Common. But I think that's also one of the things where Kira would take it seriously, because yeah. the Freedom is still one of the most powerful mobile suits on the field. And it is a gift from his girlfriend. <laughs> There's that too. Like, I just get so mad when I scratch the paint. I just, like, I really want there to be, like, little fuzzy dice or something <laughs> in the cockpit. Like little or fuzzy like, haros? Yeah, <laughs> little fuzzy haros. All right, that does it for episode 22, Sword of the Blue Skies. Do you have a high point, Tyler? 
come back to me because I have a couple and I'm trying to sort between them, and I actually don't think there are any that you guys are going to take. So, uh, Zach, you got one. I think I would have to go with Atherin and Shin in the elevator just before they sortie. Yeah, it's um, really good. Talking about, like, or Atherin, what I think is more or less just talking to himself about Kigali wouldn't let this happen if she was still there and all that kind of thing. I think that's a good character moment for both people. So. Yeah. What about you, Jeremy? I actually think it's the minority report pods and us finding out what the druggies deal is a little bit. Destiny doesn't do anything with it, but it's not a bad idea. Like, it's a start. It tells us something about them. So this is less a high point and more just like a collection of high points. But this uh, episode actually does quite a bit of show, don't tell. We're like, you get in the minority report pods. We actually get to see Neo be conniving by letting Yuna think that he's come up with a brilliant plan. And it just like has a little bit of a smirk to show his true intentions. You get the uh, mirrored is not the right word, but the very similar shots between the uh, pilots in waiting as there's combat around them. I don't know. I think it does actually a couple pretty good things, despite the fact that we started this episode saying this episode's not great. Give a low point, Tyler. All of Yuna? Uh, no. <laughs> it's- you know, I don't have a particular low point, except how little effort at all Shin and Athrin are putting forth to fight off this entire army. Well, they're main characters. They're- yeah, it's like even less than normal, yeah. though. They're not struggling in the slightest. The Gundam Seed Destiny story. Uh, Zach, what do you got? Jabril's appearance in this episode. <laughs> oh, I already, already forgot about that. That's why it's such a low point. I was thinking about it, I'm like, I know there was something really terrible. What was it? Oh, yeah, Jabril appeared in this episode and did fuck all. Yeah, so the problem is, I think at that time, he was still drinking that rum and coke in my head that was just Fanta Moo Moo White. Did we talk about that on the episode? Nope. <laughs> uh, for me, I think it's Heine Westenfluss and what he does to the group dynamic, which is nothing good or notable, right? Like, he puts Atherin in, like, a submissive position, but, like, that talk on the bridge of the boat about Orb could have been more Shin and Atherin, and you could have had more time to explore that. I think his presence is necessary a little bit to put Shin on Athrun, or Shin and Athrun like closer. Like footing? Exactly, yeah. By making Athrun subordinate now, like he's closer to Shin's level according to Shin, that might have been a necessary transition. Although you could have probably accomplished the same thing by having just like Talia talk down to him or something. I don't know why she would, but I'm sure this show could contrive a reason. Well, you could come up with some reason as to why you would do something like that instead of introducing another character. I mean, we're already kind of overloaded when it comes to characters. That so. is true. Um, You could have had Arthur get drunk and be like, why haven't them call you Commander, Athrun? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> or an instance, not necessarily where, you know, it, it's something where he gets drunk or something, but Athrun and Arthur having a conversation or something like that, and, and it comes up. Or Arthur or... Or the three, like, officers, Talia, Arthur, and Athrun having a conversation. Yeah. Final thoughts? It was pretty okay. I feel like it finally is advancing the plot a little bit, which is nice. This is kind of a slow episode, which is weird, but I feel like a lot of parts moved. It's slow in the way a lot of seed episodes were slow right before a big fight, right? Yeah. It's just weird because we get some fight in this, right? It's just boring fight that doesn't matter because it's a bunch of nameless mooks and they can't do anything the way Bakus could in seed. Yeah, it's it's like the they're the Dynasty Warriors. They're like the Dynasty Warriors, like non named characters. They just go down and by the hundred. Exactly. Yeah. And, and like Double O has a very similar dynamic at the start, but it's very explicit. It's like it's we all can't s- do anything to these things. Like, how do we counter them? Like when they can do, you know, they can one v one hundred us. Yeah, it, it's also very specifically part of the story that yeah. they can do that. Like, that's Whereas, not like, just like, hey, look, we built this thing. It's so much better because reasons. It's this is exactly what it was supposed to do. Whereas we've talked about like Kira had to struggle to fight four Bakus. Exactly. I mean, towards the end of it, he was like not struggling to fight much larger forces, but he also had nuclear powered super weapon. Well, even then, he actually, he actually was struggling to fight those larger forces. Because when he actually did fight those huge forces, like when we talked about when the Eternal fled from Zaft, Kira mentioned that he couldn't take all of the people chasing them on his own. It was also because of the Eternal. And at the the final fight, it, it wasn't just Kira fighting all of the armies. It was Kira, Athrin. Like, it wasn't like It was all the main force, characters. But it wasn't one guy. And they took casualties. You know, the Astray Girls all die. Yep. The Aegis was lost entirely. Mu dies. Which, yeah. I mean... Was lost a while ago. The justice was lost entirely. The freedom was fucked up by the end of it. The strike is just fine. It's an episode I didn't care for, like I said. Part of that is knowing where this is going. Part of this is knowing that we're going to get basically this episode again at some point. 
Yeah, and um, it's not even that far away just reading the synopsis on Crunchyroll. But I will agree that, like, it kind of does some of the stuff that Seed does that we give it a lot of credit for. So not nearly as well on average, I think, but it does do some of it. Like, we understand where Shed and Atherin are going into this fight. We understand where Jaime is going into this fight. We understand where Yuna and even kind of the druggies are and Dio going into this fight. We don't really know where Lunamari and Ray's headspace is at. Well, they're going don't into here. They're, they're just color characters for the background, so. They shouldn't be. No, they shouldn't be. I agree, but they don't count. It's fine. <laughs> I'm counting them as main characters because they've been here the entire series. They are in the big splash at the end of the title screen. I just, do they get an arc ever? Because, like, Isaac and Diarco both get arcs. Tyler, one character in Seed has an arc, in Seed Destiny has an arc. I, they are in different places at the end of the series than they are at the start. Like, physically different places? Luna's on the moon. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> So anyway, join us next week when we will be watching Phase 23, The Shadows of War. It's going to be a Ghost Dad episode, I can tell, because he's in the thumbnail. <laughs> yeah, until then, thank you very much for listening. We have to keep watching. It is our destiny. Greek mythology? Cool name for an operation, eh?